With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's Arrow. PodFest brings together three different conversations from musicians to authors, doctors, environmentalists, or cooks in their own kitchen. These are real people with real stories. PodFest 39 features my conversation with Randy Jones from the legendary Village People. Then we're going to stir it up a bit with actress Raven Goodwin from the Clark Sisters' First Ladies of Gospel Story. And finally, we're checking in with the WOW Women of Wrestling, professional wrestler Razor. PodFest 39. Unplugged and totally uncut with Randy Jones from the Village People. <laughs> a lot of folks who went to East. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So, what what is it about the soil of the Carolinas where there are so many great entertainers that have come from this part of the world? Well, because it's really it's pretty damn good, if you ask me. Um, uh, much of my family is from Wake County and Johnston County, and uh, I truly believe. Once you got that Johnston County sand and dirt <laughs> in between your toes and underneath your fingernails from barn and tobacco in the summertime, uh, it never gets out. So um, I'm, I'm a Tar Heel, born and bred in Raleigh. Uh, worked the summers down in Johnston County and Smithfield and Benson and Four Oaks and all that area down there. And then I went to UNC Chapel Hill Wow! And there I went, and then from there I went to UNC School of the Arts in Winston Salem. You know, fifty years in the business, but what's happened is though it's the Carolinas have played such a major role in what you've done. Oh hell yeah, Carolina, North Carolina is. I was born, bred, and raised in the progressive state of North Carolina, <laughs> and my entire. Public education and everything I am today is a result of the incredible public education, both uh, public school education and higher education. is responsible. I'm responsible to that as part of the great progressive state of North Carolina. Yeah. And um, I would like to congratulate you. I do hear that Roy Cooper has been elected governor there. So yes, in what might be considered by some, at least half of the country, a dark day, that is a spot of brightness on the map. It's fun to stay at the Do you think inside your heart that he'll change HB2 and get and get this this state back in order? I I I think that at the very least he will bring back the work 
from Georgia and some of the other states in the film industry that I that I saw decimated down in Wilmington area. Yeah, because I've I've often wondered who was going to bring that back there because that that was the that was such a major staple. And did you get the opportunity to do films then out of Wilmington? I just did a film in Wilmington in July. Wow, um, an independent film, and it's called The Rat Pack, um, and it. I co-started in it with uh, C. Thomas Howell and um, some other wonderful actors. It's a a family-oriented adventure film. Um, it's the kind of think of Home Alone meets Sandlot meets Goonies meets um, um, Stand By Me. It's a, 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 a it's about young kids who are the, really the heroes of whole thing and they kind of defeat some bumbling crook um and it's um quite it's gonna be quite good i think it comes out next summer did, did you get to do any music for the soundtrack or anything no i'm not uh well they've asked me to do a song for it and i have one that might work um that i'm just we just finished mastering and we're going to submit so they may end up on the soundtrack for it Miss Liz has a question for you. How would you encourage the LGBT community in North Carolina to look forward to Roy Cooper being our new governor and HB2? Well, I, I would think that with his election that, uh, um, and I know that um, the state has the, the their pockets of progressive progressiveness and, and usually knows as I look have looked at the maps, um, they're around the um, the cities that have the university. Um, I would hope that since that that good sense and um, good um, feelings prevail, um, because it's certainly since it's. Um, since it was legislated, HB2 has not proven to be good for the state economically. And I would hope that people have the good sense to understand that um, you can't, uh, it's not worth it to have billions and billions of dollars uh, bleed out of your state because of bathroom privileges. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. But you, I mean, seriously. You, you didn't let anything stand in your way in becoming that musician. I mean, you started in your teens, and everything was yeah. growing forward. Well, I started as an actor. I'm an actor. I am an actor first. I'm an actor first. Um, and everything else that I do, uh, singing, anything else, comes from being an actor. Um, and I never envisioned or or saw myself in any other way other than being a performer and an actor um and i never felt as if i was struggling against anything that's what i have to say about the wonderful state of north carolina is that i always felt encouraged i felt in i felt um um totally encouraged and supported in all kinds of ways from uh, the love that my family gave me, the encouragement of my friends, 
and the support that I felt um, that I got from the incredible education from the state of North Carolina, whether it be um, grades one through 12 or my um, university education. Uh, and I have, I am back in, I go to North, I am in North Carolina frequently. I was just back um, the um, third week of October working in the Raleigh area for um, a few of the folks in the Raleigh area that are running for the North Carolina um, House of Representatives and which they were successful at, I am hearing uh, today. So I do, I, I, I love North Carolina. I think it's my home, it will always be my home and my heart. Um, uh, I spend time there. I am there every June for a wonderful um, Meals on Wheels benefit cruise out of Wilmington and Carolina Beach. I am there. My, my mother lives there. My brother lives there. My sister lives there. My relatives live there. I have nieces, nephews, cousins, aunts, uncles. Um, um, I, have, I have friends who are judges. I have cousins who are judges. I have friends who are in the North Carolina House of Representatives and Senate. And I, um, I know both sides of the political spectrum, um, Republican and Democrat. And I know that there is the um, ability the, and the possibility of people working together who may see have come from different political viewpoints but the one thing that I do know, and from my experience in North Carolina, is that we all have a commonality of being citizens yep. and wanting the absolute best for each other and for citizens. And when it comes really, when the, when the rubber hits the road, I don't believe anybody really has a huge problem with which bath, what about the, this HB2 and bathrooms? Because I mean, we have all visited each other's homes yep. and we all use the same damn bathroom. Honestly, the bigger problems are how do you put that toilet paper roll on the roll? Is it inside or is it outside? Right. <laughs> Now, let me ask you, how do you feel that the president's election will affect the LGBT civil rights period as a whole over the next four years? Well, all I can say is I've been with my husband for 33 years and I have been married we got married um, on my birthday in 2013 here in in New York City Hall. I can only say this: you better not come after me to get my marriage license. I love your heart for saying that, <laughs> <Yes>. Mister. <laughs> because I will not give it up, right. and I have a legal marriage license which entitles me to all of the benefits of legal and equal marriage in this nation and it allows me and my husband to file joint federal income tax returns they said we never last a week a month a year they shook their head 
dream on, they said, cause dreamers disappear. Is that what the song Forever Today is about? It's because it's it's you believe in things that are going to last longer than just a day. Uh, that's exactly what that song, Forever and a Day, you said you thought we would never last, but here we are. Yeah, fifty years later, you're still here. Fifty years later, I am still here. I'm still getting up on stage in front of people. Uh, and as much as this is uh, a, a, a talk or an interview about politics, it's not really as much about entertainment. Um, I really have considered, uh, um, as, and as much as I've, you know, I'm very grateful to my education that gives me um, the ability um, to expound on and discuss a wide range of topics from from politics to religion to to entertainment. I absolutely um, treasure the fact that I have been able to um, have a 50, a five decades long career in entertainment, which mostly the reason that I'm here, because I don't run for a political office, I don't preach, I don't have children, I don't, I don't, uh, do brain surgery, but I entertain people, and for the for the the majority of those, those energies and that time that I've spent doing that, it is to help people have a few brief moments so that they aren't under the stress of their normal everyday life, which concerns paying their mortgages, their electric bills, their car payments, mm-hmm. their car insurance, or or or, or are thinking about the price of gasoline. Um, so what I do is I just I I, I just I'm a I'm a divertissement is the French word. I'm a diversion from all the things that worry people every day, and I can say that for a, for nearly forty of those fifty years. YMCA has helped me do that. say though that village people were one of the very first people or groups to basically showcase unity that all people are equal and can grow together absolutely that's why we are village people because we are every one of those characters in that group all the six characters we are totally different every personality of the group was different every image of the group was different but we all worked together and we um, uh, provided a a very interesting entertainment and and something that everybody could identify with and that is something that i value um i honor i never denigrate it and i think it is something that i'm very it's something that i'm very very proud of to have as part of the legacy of my career and uh the words uh, for a song like YMCA are very uplifting. The words for song, uh, songs we have done like uh, Go West are very oh, uplifting. Yeah. Yeah. The words for a song like 
You Can't Stop the Music, Can't Stop the Music are very uplifting. And I um, am proud of that. I honor it. And it's been, and I, it's when I <clears throat> look to record songs, even today, and even from my most recent album, Mr. Right, which has Forever and a Day on it, Every Single Day, um, Emotion, their song, their words of the songs that I, that I, feel are pertinent to me, that I can understand the story and that I can sing those words and tell a story that I think will have some kind of resonance and, and with people and that they can relate to. say in a really open way that that village people was a glam rock band or do you think that it was it was about that actor do, do, you, do you understand what i mean right well i don't think it was glam rock if anything if you look at what we wore we our our wardrobe was more identifiable with punk yeah the well, punk rock yeah, movement right. than it was than it was with disco <laughs> Because we looked more, we looked more like some of the punk acts that were out there with the leather and the torn jeans and the mohawk hairdos and stuff like that. And then we, then we, we certainly were not dressed like the John Travolta's and the the folks from um, Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. We we were we were totally um, dressed anathematically with our audiences. Our audiences in, in the beginning were all dressed in polyester and leisure suits and Diane von Furstenberg wrap dresses and they the girls would have their hair like Farrah Fawcett or <laughs> Marie Osmond and the guys were all trying to look like John Travolta and we came out on stage like we had just walked out of CBGB. <laughs> so yeah, so we were, and despite the fact that, and that's one of the other things is, but our music, made people want to come together, no matter if they were black, white, Latin, men, women, old, young, gay, or straight. They, our music brought people together, and I still, I still look for that in material. I still look for that in, in uh, what I do on stage, and I really honestly look for that in our country and in our nation. Um, and try to be positive to find um, ways that we can come together. And especially at a time, this season of, uh, this particular season of our political discontent, mm -hmm. if you have, if you want to say it, um, I, I think it's, it's re I hope it's a responsibility of all of us, whether we be in entertainment, whether we be in government, or whether we be in media or whatever, to try to find um, points of commonality and ways to come together and bring ourselves together so that um, we realize that we are one, we really, we're all in this boat together. Yes. We're just really all in this boat together. And we all need to take turns paddling and we all need to take turns keeping an eye out and making sure there's not a hole in the boat. And if there is, we need to figure out how we can plug it. Jesus, 
I was that jock that was on the radio playing the 45s, and I always called you guys the Disco Beatles. Well, you know, we were. You can you can say the Beatles were an early boy band, or you could say the Monkees were, but we we kind of were. We're one of the progenitors of that whatever you might look at as being a boy a boy band. Uh, I certainly think that um, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and all the stuff that's come, you know, since us, um, we, we're, we're like the godfathers. I won't say we're the <laughs> grandfathers of them, but we're the godfathers of the boy bands, I guess. Hey, hey, that album cover, Mr. Right, did, did you feel kind of sexy when you took that shot? Oh, well, you know, I figured, you know, um, I'm, six, I'm, I'm 64 years old, and when you get to be a certain age, you can do any damn thing you want to do. Uh, at least that's what my mother keeps telling me, and she turns 85 this year. Wow. So I'm taking a, a page out of her book. But, um, uh, but And thank you for mentioning the, the, the latest CD is called Mr. Right. Um, and um, I have a film that's out right now currently called Tales of Poe. It's a yes. horror movie that yes. just came out. You can get, you can find that on, I think it's either Netflix, iTunes, Amazon, all those kind of platforms. You can find Mr. Wright on all of the streaming and download platforms like iTunes and Spotify and stuff like that. Um, I have my, the last book I did um, it's called Macho Man. Yeah. Um, the Disco Era. You can find that on Amazon. I probably have Kindle. Might be hard to get a hardcover of it, but you can certainly find it as Kindle. Um, and the new film that comes out next year is called The Rack Pack. I'm shooting a new one next year called Puncture, which is a horror movie oh about phlebotomy and vampires. Um, <laughs> Um, I, and I got a, I, I've got a, a great new show that I drag around the country. It's called um, um, Glory. Uh, it's an evening with Randy Jones, Glory Days, and Disco Nights. Um, and it's also that's also the title of my memoir, which is scheduled to come out in 2020. If we all live long enough through this <laughs> next administration. <laughs> Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
unplugged and totally uncut with Raven Goodwin. Good morning. I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. I got to tell you, the Clark Sisters, First Ladies of Gospel, is coming at the absolute most perfect time because I think that during these times... I, I, yeah, because I think that during these times, what's happening is, is that people that watch this show will understand that the lyrics that the Clark sisters were sharing, it's the actuality of life and people grew from it. You're going to teach people to start listening to the lyrics. Definitely. Definitely. And, and, and especially in this time, they have a song called Praying Spirit. And that's what we all need right now. Um, you know, especially in this particular time. So I think it's coming just in time we were supposed there was a january date at one point and i just feel like right now it's just perfect perfect what was it like for you to be on the set because you can't just show up every day and have those cameras in front of you without being moved by something because there there's a truer purpose to this journey definitely um we were uh fortunate enough to shoot in in toronto um so my day started at 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 my apartment at our little apartments that we had in and it started with their music every single day started with their music every single day the original music and the music that the girls recorded and i would just get myself in in a zone to and, and i tried to understand them and, and exactly what it is they were trying to say to the world um not just the gospel world but to to, to everybody. And, um, so doing that, going to set, I was always, uh, prepared. Their, their music prepared me for the day and, um, it, it really got me going and it really made me feel like, uh, I was, I was a part of something super special. So, you know, of course we clowned on set. We had a great time, but for the most part, it was definitely a, a very spiritual time for me. Um, I, I felt God more than ever shooting Clark sisters. I mean, to evolve into Denise Clark, because you know what's going to happen here. Grandmas and grandpas are going to be sitting down with other family members, and they're going to be looking at Denise Clark, and they're going to be saying, now, now, girl, that's the way it was, and you need to pay attention to what Denise is doing here. But they're they're going to be teaching their kids through what you gave them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, and and the thing is, that's why you approach roles like this with nothing but, you know, compassion, you know, the best understanding of, of that person. And, um, and, and that's what I channeled the most. Um, I definitely try my best to, like you said, embody her so that the viewer can, can get a sense of, um, what she was after, what she was thinking, how she was feeling. And uh, so that was that was very crucial for me. You know, you brought up the fact that 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 this is one of those stories that needs to be shared, and and I and, and it's beyond gospel, it's beyond religion. Because what I didn't know about the Clark sisters was that they were from Detroit, which which repaints the entire picture of Detroit for me. Because I knew there had to be some serious soul there, and and these guys were a part of it. Yeah, they 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 were basically the foundation of of modern gospel. And uh, it all started in their house in in, in Detroit, you know? And like you said, that comes with a whole different, uh, you know, soulful 
uh, responsibility and they took it on and, and they really, really, really changed the world of gospel um, drastically. You, you talk about that it started inside the house. Now, I've recorded music in houses. Did, did you learn anything as to which room they were able to bring more harmonies together? I mean, I love singing in the bathroom, but I always felt like the foyer of the house is where the best echo was. They created their music from 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 where we, the, the space that we used mostly was their family room, their living room. They had a piano there. Um, so they will all gather and Twinkie would write um you know, and write these crazy, ridiculous harmonies and uh, these chords on her organ and on on her piano, and she and she really, they really created music um, out of that family room. So. Well, like I said in the very beginning, the Clark sisters, first ladies of gospel during these coronavirus moments, this is a place of healing. It's a place of growing. What about you personally? I mean, because it's got to be affecting you as well. Of, of course, I'm. I'm. Uh, definitely nine months pregnant. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. I'm a couple days shy of 38 weeks. Well, a day shy of 38 weeks. Um, so it's been it's been scary. But I've been at home. I would have been at home anyway, resting. Um, so it hasn't been that hard for me to uh, you know social distance and in and, and quarantine. It's it's hard for my uh, family, my mom, my sister, they can't be at the hospital. Um, just just my fiance uh, is, is the only one that can be in there. So we're just trying to wrap our heads around that and, you know, stay prayed up and, you know, we're, we're going to bring a little girl to the world any day now. So I'm just trying to be at ease. Can you imagine that bond, though? I mean, a lot of us, you know, this this social distancing has been 18 days for us. Your bond with that little girl, it's a it's a it's a song. It's a song. I know it's it's going to be profound. I'm I'm really excited to meet her and and have a new soul in the house, and you know, she'll definitely be listening to Clark Sisters, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and you know, I'm. It's, it's, it's been a it's been a weird time, but we've been super optimistic and positive in our household, so we're we're excited. Well, we thank you so much for the Clark Sisters, First Ladies of Gospel. Thank you so much for your art inside of this. Thank you so much. Please come back to the show anytime in the future, Raven. The door is always going to be open for you. Of course, Arrow, stay safe. You bet. Same to thank you. Thank you so much. Be brilliant today. All righty. <laughs> Unplugged and totally uncut with Razor from WOW, Women of Wrestling. I'm doing great. How are you? Fantastic. What you guys are doing on Saturday nights on Women of Wrestling is just unbelievable. I love it that people are starting to talk about it inside wrestling circles. It's definitely amazing to see. I mean, there's nowhere else on television where you can go to see women's wrestling and women's storylines and women of so many different backgrounds all showcased on television for people to consume. It's it's an amazing thing to be a part of. I'm glad that you brought up the storylines because that to me is really, it's like the soul of the wrestling. And then we get to see the battle. Exactly. I mean, for me growing up, my favorite part of wrestling was the storylines. And there were wrestlers who could tell a story in the ring without even speaking, without using words. They could just use their bodies to tell a story. <laughs> uh, and so getting to be a part of a company that, Storytelling as a focus is like a dream come true for me. You, you bring up a very interesting point there about just using the body language and stuff like that, because how do you train yourself to just give them the look? Because sometimes that's all you got to do. <laughs> uh, I think it comes with practice. It comes with time. It comes with the doing. And, and also it comes from 
from watching wrestling and, and from studying the tapes of, of people who've gone before you and, and seeing what works with audiences, what audiences connect with and what they don't. Well, you growing up on the streets of L.A., did you not have to learn the body language right off the bat? Otherwise, you're going to get your butt beat. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I did have a leg up on everybody else in WoW because this is kind of who I am as a person. (laughs) (laughs) How do you keep that under control, though? Because, I mean, it's it's always like, because I I grew up in Montana with the farms and stuff like that. You always have your defensive side up. But how do you you get to be that one-on-one person? I guess, to be honest, I still have a lot of the defenses up. I'm a very bitter, angry person, but (laughs) WoW is a place where I can be that bitter, angry person, and people have to respect that. It's pretty great kind of the best job ever you've got a three-on-three battle coming up come on now that gets pretty crowded inside that squared circle uh yeah you could say that but i mean the psycho sisters always have a plan and a strategy in place and uh, i guarantee you it won't be three on three <laughs> but don't you don't you have to though keep your eye on not only on the three across the ring but somebody could come up from behind you at any given moment it's it's almost you got you talk about awareness here yeah, but I think that's where the Psycho Sisters have a leg up on every other team, is that we're not a team just thrown together for the tag tournament. We are a team of sisters. We are a unit. And so we're used to working with each other. We're used to having each other's back. We're used to paying attention to this sort of thing. Coming together like that, was it something that you knew right away, or did you have to grow together as a team and that with all the hard work that you do inside the gym? Uh, Well, I gathered the other girls. Basically, I found other women who kind of had the same sort of vibe as I did, kind of misfits, discarded by the world, um, people who weren't being appreciated for who they were. And so it's been a sisterhood from the start. One of the things that I've noticed about you when you're in the ring, you are one focused person. You know exactly what's taking place. (laughs) That's my job. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if, if it's your job, what would you be doing outside of this if it wasn't your job? Oh, man, that's a tough question. See, they don't have knights or, or like, warrior princesses anymore, so I don't know. I <laughs> You'd have to join a Renaissance Festival somewhere, and even that, you know. You <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. Thank you for giving me my backup plan. <laughs> the speed that you guys have on WOW, which is on Saturday nights, it's, it's mind-blowing to me, but how do you study to get faster and faster and faster? There's a training camp, uh, or dojo, we call it sometimes, uh, for WOW, and it's really focused on a lot of conditioning and and cardio um, as well as strength training and so that's available to the wrestlers who are local to LA which I am you, you spoke my street when you said dojo I'm a third degree black belt so I mean I know that place of study and I know you know when you start working with ply matrix and stuff like that you can't go into a taekwondo tournament unless you're prepared mentally as well as f- physically absolutely and that's a really important part of the training at wow and and even before the show there's uh, what some shows would consider a very intense uh, regimen before getting approved to go on to the show. How, how much of the of the art of wrestling do you have to know in order to become a part of WoW? Because you know there there are there are teenagers out there watching WoW right now, going, I, I want to be like Razor. I want to get in that ring and I want to be able to do this. Um, you know, it it depends. There's people of various different like backgrounds where they came into wrestling, right? Some people fall in love with wrestling as kids, and some people fall in love with wrestling as adults. But both forms of passion are incredibly valid. So it, it doesn't matter really what level of understanding of wrestling you have before you come in to start training to be a WoW superhero, because once you get in there, they're going to show you the tapes to watch. They're going to tell you the people to pay attention to. They're going to give you your homework assignment. Well, while gr- growing through the ranks of martial arts, one of the things that my, my sensei would always tell me, he says, you, you need to learn how to fight the girls because the girls need to learn how to fight the guys. And, and, and that was one thing that we when we went into matches, it was guys against girls. Do you think WoW will ever go in a direction like this? Well, I will never go in that direction, but that's fine because that direction exists 
um, already within wrestling. On the wrestling, there's the indie scene where you can get any kind of wrestling you can imagine. There's comedy wrestling. There's hard-hitting, strong-style wrestling. There's, you know, there, there's every form of wrestling at, for everyone who likes every different type of wrestling. But WOW, in particular, wants the focus to be solely on the women. And they're doing a fine job at that. It's got to make you guys feel good as a team that people are talking about WOW and, and, they're, and they're looking at it as being a part of, of the stories they're going to share when, because that's the one thing about wrestling is that every age group has a story. Absolutely. And this is, you know, for the girls growing up with Glow, that was a story. And that was something that they lost. They never got that back. There was never another place that showcased women's storylines that way because every other major promotion decided that the most important storyline to tell was this girl's mad at this girl because of a boyfriend. <laughs> um, and so until the coming of WOW, women have not been able to grow up with that again. And now to know that there are girls who are going to grow up seeing women on TV, women who were... 40 years old, women who are mothers, women who are 19 years old, women who um, are fighters, women who are part of the LGBT community. I mean, there's literally every kind of woman showcased on WOW. There's about 40 women showcased, and we're all different, and we all have stories to tell. And it's no longer treated like a sideshow, like, oh, here's the opening act before we get to the big act. No, no, it, it, it is equal, and we're going to war inside that ring. Exactly. Please come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you, Razor. Thank you for having me. And be sure everybody tune in to WOW on Saturday night. Uh, it's a really awesome show. We just want everyone to see what we're doing. And while you're there, what, what is what is your, your Twitter feed as well as your Instagram so people can keep in touch with you? Because you guys are brilliant at that. Thank you. You can find me at Razor underscore WOW. Or if you just type in WOW Razor, I usually pop right up. I love it. Be brilliant today, okay? Thanks. You too.